Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 35 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm thrilled that my guests are able to join us today. They are the president and the vice president of the Sandown Cobras Football Netball Clubs and the co-host of the CobraCast with the Prez and the VP. I'd like to welcome Ricky Etridge and Ricky Logan to the podcast. Gentlemen, welcome. I'm so glad you were able to join us this morning. Uh, thanks for having us, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. It's, um, we were speaking a bit earlier, myself and Rifty, and it's a bit strange being on the opposite side, considering we're the ones normally being asking the questions, and today you're going to be asking us the questions. Well, so it's a bit of an odd feeling. It's a... Uh, yeah, it's like a police detective when they get in trouble. So, you know, they get uh, <laughs> so for the for the sake I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Okay. I swear. So for for the sake of those of you who are listening here, since we have two people on who are both named Ricky, I'm not going to call him Ricky One or Ricky Two or anything like that. We're going to go by nicknames. So we've got Et Dog, who is uh, the vice president, and Rifty, who is the president of the club. So we're going to go with, you know, I may interchange between Et Dog and VP or Rifty and president or the prez. So I have the names written down here, so hopefully I don't screw it up as well. Um, <laughs> but, gentlemen, you, uh, you're part of a a local club in your community. And, and how long have you been involved with that? Uh, so I've been involved for just over, uh, going on 11 years now. Um, we, I think we both came to the club the same year, but for di- sort of different times, different reasons. Um, I sort of hadn't played Aussie rules at all before coming to Sandown. And um, my good friend of my dad's was the coach at the time and he asked me to come down and play uh, they had a, a thirds team at the time that because they had plenty of numbers so i thought oh what better time to go finally have a kick of a footy with uh you know my brother I, me and him went down together and yeah I was, that was 11 years ago and i've i kept the missus keeps telling me uh, i haven't stopped talking about the footy club since so <laughs> um yeah yeah so you went down in 2009 didn't you rifty yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so same year. So I went down 2009 as well. So obviously in Australia, we've got junior footy and then senior football. So I finished my under-18s and uh, was ready to go to senior football and decided I wanted to change change clubs. And yeah, a bloke that my mum worked with played down at Sandown, who was a captain. And so I found out what night training was in the pre-season, went down, and 11 years later, I'm, I'm still there. Now, did, uh, did either one of you play with anybody that ended up playing – in the AFL as you were younger? Did you? Actually, so I actually played with somebody that ended up playing in the AFLW. So oh. Hannah Scott, who's a okay. Western Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, so she I played, I think, under nines. I know maybe a tens, elevens, and twelves with her, and she ended up going on and playing AFLW. So that was uh, pretty cool when I uh, seen her get picked up because she was always a good player. One, I think, two best and, f- best and fairest at a younger age. So it was good to see a women's football take off and someone like that get a chance. Terrific, and yeah, that's it is. It's it's been great watching the AFLW over the last few years, almost improve exponentially. You know, it's been you know, although this year there was a you know, granted the season ended a little bit more abruptly than they certainly had hoped, but you know there was maybe a little bit of a fall off this year because they added what four new teams this year. So you kind yes. of yeah, so you kind of diluted the talent pool a little bit, but you know, I think within. You know, another year or two or three that it's going to be, you know, a much different product on the field. It's been great watching it because it's it's definitely improved um, over the last few years. I mean, I, I looked at as an example, Sharni Layton, who really struggled last year playing, and this year looked tremendously better. For example, and it's always going to get better with time due to the fact that these uh, women that are playing for so long they didn't have a competition they could play in that was such good standard and now because the standard's picking up and they're going girls are going to be able to play from under nines the whole way through to AFLW in five to ten years the competition is going to be you know, the best you know, as good as it could possibly be because of that age group coming through I think that's fantastic now do you think you know since they play during the summertime there which uh, in in some of those communities it's got to be pretty hot I would imagine I, I saw some of the temperatures do you think there'll ever get to be a time where they actually flip it around and have the women play at the same time as the men? Uh, I highly doubt it. I okay. don't think. I think maybe now with sort of VFL being a bit up in the air and things like that, there's possibly an opportunity for the AFL to look at it 
and maybe bring the women's game as, as a curtain raiser to the men's. But I think uh, a lot of, um, you know, the problems with having too many games played on the grounds, you know, the men want the best possible ground surface and all those sorts of things. So the, the men's game does get a high, very high priority over right, the women's right. game. So I think... So I feel... Okay, Rift, finish off. Yeah, I just think... Um, Unfortunately, I, I don't think it'll ever get to the stage where it's it's played as a curtain raiser, but I would like to see it. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Go ahead. So I think a smart move would be to bring back AFR reserves, as we've spoken about many times before, Rifty, and actually have you know have the reserves play you know, North Melbourne play at Arden Street and have the AFRW play before them. So you've got you know, North Melbourne versus Richmond reserves, North Melbourne's Richmond's AFRW playing before them, so they're playing winter, everything sort of... Is connected. Send VFL back to the VFL. Let it be its own thing. How it should be. And that's one way you could possibly do it. And when they're trying to save money, the AFL every which way. That's no, not a bad idea. That's true. That's true. So you guys started something this year as kind of a, uh, I think, out of a necessity, maybe for your own sanity, in terms of everything that's been going on this year. And it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of what I had done as well. But Back in, in March, you know, when the, the, the COVID-19 outbreak was going on, you had the lockdown in Melbourne, which is still a lockdown. Now, I, I did look at the map, and you guys, are, you guys are in the suburbs to the southeast. So you're not yep. – are you guys in the hotbed of all of that? Are you in part of the lockdown territory, or are you kind of on the periphery? Yeah, yep. we're, yeah we're locked down. Okay. Uh, we're not classed as a regional area, so we're classed as part of the – the city of Greater Melbourne, um, and at at one stage we were classed as one of the hotspots. Unfortunately, when we had about what five cases at that time, so <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know, it was really much of a hotspot. But um, yeah, speaking to someone from America, mate, probably uh, should, should be saying five cases as a hotspot. <laughs> well, I'm exactly. I'm kind of chuckling at it. Yeah, we my my state here in Ohio, our our governor just announced yesterday that as of 6.30 tomorrow evening or 6 o'clock tomorrow evening that if you're out in public wearing a mask is now mandatory. Yes, that's what, what came in what Wednesday night here as well, I think it was. It was, yeah, you leave the house, you have to have a mask on or a $200 fine. And everybody yesterday was up in arms about it. And I went out and just accessorized, brought some uh, you know some face coverings that you know, sort of went with my fashion. And so I just said to people, you just got to accessorize with it. Instead of just going out and getting yeah. a boring face mask, you know, turn it into a bit of your fashion. Yeah. But you guys started a social media campaign back in in March, kind of related to the to the lockdown, kind of related to footy. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, so this was uh, my baby. So I think it was a week into lockdown when it was the first one where you couldn't leave your house. I was sort of out doing some work around the house, out the front, and people were just not a care in the world, going around, walking the streets, and um, sort of grinding my gears a little bit. So I reached out to a couple of people on Twitter in the local footy community that I know and I uh, said, so, you know, let's try and do something, try and get a handful of clubs to send in a 15-second you know, video message saying stay at home, uh, we, we stay at home, flatten the curve, get back to playing footy. And what I thought might have been you know, five clubs turned into 44 clubs from 26 leagues across Victoria. So, um, yeah, so the message was pretty much you know, stay home to flatten the curve and then our uh, good friend, the Bear Trap, from our footy club was the bloke that I wanted to do our uh, from our club and he sort of threw in the hashtag nothing's better than playing at home and we sort of ran with it and I think it was probably the you know we'll expect and if we get 200 views on it it would be you know bloody awesome and I think at this point in time we're about 80,000 views just on our page and I think in total it's up to over 100,000 views so wow. it's um yeah it was definitely something that we didn't expect I think you know the, the night that it actually happened it was we sort of went live with it at, seven o'clock and our phones were just absolutely blowing up and it was you know to the point where you had to get our phones on charge because our notification was just coming through that quick of likes and shares and <laughs> within the yeah within the space of i think an hour rifty was on uh an interview with a local paper up in the country doing an interview for him and a couple of days later i was in interview with um a metropolitan paper and yeah it really took off and you know, it was sort of the uh you know, it's where we sort of learnt that we're in lockdown but we can use technology in our younger savvy you know, techno- people that know technology to our advantage. So have you uh, thought about reissuing that or updating it since you're back on lockdown again? 
We reshared it the other day just as a way to be like, come on, guys, we need to uh, settle down. That got a few more likes and a few more yeah, views. But right. yeah, it was um, <clears throat> it was a bit of a. Uh, 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 it spent a lot of time doing it, so I'm no no hurry to redo another one because it was. You know, my wife was quite patient with me. I spent I think I spent about five hours a day after work working on it and getting it together. And mind you, with that video, I'd never done video editing video edit, editing before, so it was all new to me. And I almost smashed my iPod about my iPad about five or six times trying to work out how to do stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's that, and that that kind of leads into the the. You know, so you you got you got the season shut down on you because you were, you know, you, I'm sure you had been training in January, February, getting ready for the season. Your club had been working out, getting ready to go, and then you get told, "No, you're not going to likely be playing." Yeah, so we started back in what November, Rifty? Did we start? Or we start pre-Christmas yeah, yep. before. So we we started November. We were training at um, a soccer field because uh, unfortunately we can't. Can't use our ground during the summer months because there's cricket going on. Um, so we were training on a, a synthetic soccer uh, pitch over over in Knox, and uh, we're training there two nights a week from November. Um, looking good, getting good numbers. Finally, we've uh, struggled over the last few years to to get good numbers to training uh, pre-Christmas. So. Um, we we had had some increased costs and things like that for training before Christmas, so we were almost on the, you know, do we even bother training before Christmas because it costs us a fair bit of money and and not enough people are turning up and and we actually had pretty pretty good numbers turning up pre Christmas and then all things were going well and then we yeah started back just at the end of January. Um, and within oh, a couple of weeks, the sort of COVID stuff was, you know, was hitting the airwaves. We were start, yeah, starting to think, oh shit, is this getting serious or not? We were kind of all blowing it off. Oh, no, it's it's another, it's another Ebola. It's another this. Like it's nothing. We'll, we'll you know, we'll, nothing no in Australia anyway, Rifty. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Nobody in Australia will even care about it. And um, yeah, a couple of weeks later. Uh, yeah, the, everything's closed down. Yeah, everything's closed down and training's closed, and yeah. So the the two of you you began this podcast back in May, but it's not something that you just started in May. You you had some time, I'm sure, because and I'm sure it's very similar to what I did. You had some time to to sit down and talk about this and think about what is it that you know we need to fill our time with something and have it be footy related. And how did you guys come up with the idea for the uh, the Cobra cast with the two of you. How did that happen? Yeah, we're sort of just sort of thinking of a way to keep ourselves, as you said, entertained and not go crazy. And we're trying to think of a way to keep our footy community involved. And we had absolutely no idea. Then, obviously, not being allowed to go anywhere, we had a committee meeting via Zoom. And had a, then a couple of days later, we had a couple of beers with a few boys via Zoom. And it was sort of like, you know what? We could actually use this Zoom platform as a way to keep ourselves entertained. So we started, you know, interviewing a few of our players and putting them out early days and yeah that was how it all started was pretty much just I was trying to work out a way to not to go crazy and have a chat with people and yeah now and you said that you had not done any video editing before so I'm I'm guessing you had not done a podcast or any kind of audio editing either or or am I mistaken on that you can take this one Rifty (laughs) (laughs) yeah well so uh I have never done video editing uh, to any extent at all, like I'm doing at the moment. I, um, yeah, like when we decided, yeah, we're going to do a podcast, we're going to record our, our teammates, and that's how it all initially started. We'll, well, we're just going to interview our teammates because we, we, last year we started doing player profiles as just a picture and, and getting, you know, all guys' info and putting it out as a picture. thought, well, now we've got the time, we may as well do video. And then I thought, well, if we're going to record it on Zoom, I want to make it look professional, so I'm going to learn how to edit this stuff, and so I get on YouTube, as you do when you want to learn something new, and I started learning how to use Adobe Premiere to edit the video how I wanted, and then I thought, oh, this is, doesn't seem too hard, and I think about two weeks later, I'm telling Ed Dog, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, mate. This is not working how I want it to. Um but I got there in the end, and now it's pretty straightforward. I, I get them done pretty quick now, and it's it's not as bad as I yeah. 
we spent a lot of hours before we released the first one. Like we do um, ads at the start of our episodes. We have club sponsors and like I put them together and got my uh, brother-in-law uh, who's a musician to make the music for it. And I think there was a good days on end where we'd speak to each other and as Richie said, going, I don't think we can do this, man. I think we're just going to need to sort of scale it back to what we originally thought. But myself and Rifty, you know, we're going to do things, we're going to do them you know, full tilt and do it the best we can. And I think, yeah, about a week before the first episode came out, scheduled to come out, we'll sit there going, no, nah, I think we need to just bring it back a little bit and just just go very, very basic, <laughs> which we never did. And yeah. thankful we didn't because, yeah, it's sort of a, you know, the early episodes, Rifty is sitting you know, with a virtual background behind him because it was otherwise it's just the view that you can, you know, the view of his it's lounge just, room and then... It's a wall, yeah, or something. It's sort of... Yep. Yeah. And then it's sort of when we were sort of like, oh, let's get a bit more professional. So we got some banners made up for behind him. And oh, terrific. I started off on just my iPad and I'm like, oh, I probably should pull the computer out so I can actually do it properly. So yeah, that all started off quite uh, amateurish, amateurish, you could say. Yeah. I remember the day that Rifty uh, jumped on Zoom and he had a microphone in front of him. I was a bit like, what the hell are you doing, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna we hit- were recording things. I'm- so he showed up with a microphone and you were wondering. I was still just, yeah, yeah I was still just sitting in my, um, my, my headphones on, my, my beats on, looking at him, just pissing myself off and going, <laughs> go, mate, you're making me look really, really bad now. And I think that was a night before our first ep- episode our first player interview, and I'm just like, well, I don't have time to go out and get a microphone, so you're going to look super professional, and I'm going to look like some drunk sitting up, sitting at my bar. Well, that's, I mean, Which I... You did. That's exactly yeah. what he looked like. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm doing mine with a, uh, with an eight-year-old, an eight-year-old computer and, uh, like a $60 microphone. That's, you know, that's the only equipment that I have, and I, I don't know if you're in any of the podcast groups that are on Facebook, but I see these, these guys who are just starting out their podcast, and they're saying, "Hey, what do you what do you think about my setup?" And they've got a picture. They've got ten thousand dollars worth of equipment there. It's like, yeah, what, no, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I think we I think we worked out that with like all our computers and microphones and stands and everything like that, we may have spent what was it, like two hundred bucks each tops. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, you take away the banners. You're using a an eight year old computer. I bought a, a 2011 Mac off. Uh, Facebook for 200 bucks and then I bought a second screen for 100 bucks um, and this microphone cost me about 50 bucks off Facebook so uh, and that's my setup yeah I and think I, mine and was... I had to buy a light too didn't I I bought a couple of lights <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that was the most expensive part of the whole setup was the lights <laughs> yeah so you guys are you guys then releasing video as well besides audio yep yep so okay. our main our main thing is uh, video we do yep. so we um, premiere it on Facebook so it sort of goes live basically on Facebook so that uh, you know people can interact with it live comment on it and things live um, and, and then we yeah share the audio version as well okay so, do you do you then also have a YouTube page at your or YouTube channel oh uh, well we, we do but uh, <laughs> we do. Uh-oh. for some reason we <laughs> We got about was our it, videos down. Yeah, we got through our player episodes up on YouTube, no issue at all. I think it was our second international one we done, and YouTube just pulled, kept pulling it down, and we don't have no idea why. It's was it a spam? Was the reason they were giving yeah, us? Yeah. The, <laughs> so we, the, we've got a YouTube page, but we just can't seem to upload anything on there. Huh. So that, that's yeah, interesting. They, they took one down and banned us for a week, and then we tried again. So we took it down again, banned us for two weeks. So <laughs> stuff this, this is. Too much pain than what it's worth. So it's all on Facebook. Forget about YouTube. Um, okay. <laughs> iTunes so, and Spotify. Well, one of the things I was going to ask you was what what was the the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome so far? And it sounds like that's YouTube. Uh. Uh, no, I think just learning how to video edit was probably the biggest <laughs> okay. the biggest hurdle. That was uh, yeah, like we said, there was days there where I'm like, no, nah, this is it's not going to work how I wanted to because, uh, um, but. Something just clicked, and then I finally figured it out, and man, now it takes me no time at all. So. He sent me a Snapchat or a picture once of his screen with all the the program that he uses and everything like that. I just sent back, my, mate, you can have that. That looks far too confusing for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not real fancy. I'm using I'm just using GarageBand when I edit my stuff. So, so I can't even work that out. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you 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 did your interviews with the the players and the people who are involved in your club, 
with the Sandown Club, and you, you realized, okay, we've done this. Now we need to figure out who to talk to next. And and you've now, you know, and I've noticed you've been talking to uh, to footy clubs around the world. How how did you come about doing that, and what gave you, you know, what led to that? We actually just sort of fell into it. So we'll. Uh, West Lothian Eagles reached out to us on Instagram um, asking about getting a, one of our new training singlets sent over to them because whoever runs their social media page really liked them and wanted one. And it was during a period, I think when they emailed us, we will still try and work out what was going on with our season. So we weren't too active on our socials, weren't really paying attention. Then when we eventually yeah, well, got back was, to replying. After, after that, nothing's better than playing at home. That's how they oh, came across our, okay. our Instagram was they... We'd posted that nothing's better than playing at home. West Lothian had obviously saw that because of the reach it was gaining, and and uh, they reached out to a, a dog through uh, through Instagram and continue on. Yeah, about a singlet, and uh, we on the phone one day as we do many times. We've been our partners have accused us of having a secret relationship of the uh, <laughs> <as a> bromance. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, so on the phone one day, I'm like, oh, West Lothian, you've got to get back to him, and I just had to reef him like, oh. While we've got him, should just reach out and say if one of them wants to jump on the podcast and just do a interview with an international club. And uh, the president of West Lothian Eagles, Jamie, was super keen, wanted to get it done. So I'm like, oh, I'll reach out to a handful of other clubs, and we're going. Yeah, we do three or four of these international episodes, and it might be something cool. And it, uh, yeah, it's teams that you know weren't responding straight away two weeks later after having 10 teams lined up were responding wanting to get onto it so it just sort of um, escalated very very quickly so have any any of the clubs that you've talked to first of all how many have you spoken to so far that you had on your show uh so far so we've released is it 27 we've released wow that's impressive i think we've yeah we've released 27 and as you said earlier we we're stuck in um lockdown for quite some time not allowed to leave our house so we actually ended up pumping out quite a few episodes. So I think we've recorded 51 or 52. I'm just getting in front of me, sorry. Holy uh, mackerel. Well, you, you guys 51 have... international guests so far we've interviewed. So I was going to say, you know, I guess the list would be easier and shorter to say, which clubs have you not spoken to yet? I mean, that's, <laughs> there can't, oh, be, there can't yeah. be too many. We actually found out there's still quite well, a lot to go. So we... We thought we were doing pretty well. We thought 50, you know, we, we must be getting a fair way through this. And then we found out that there's there's about 140-something in Europe. So, well, sh- shit, we've got a fair few to go in Europe. Okay. Um, there's quite a few quite a few in the U.S. we haven't got to. But we're, uh, we're going to try and get our way to all of them. Um, as we've said a few times on our show, that we don't care if you're the biggest club or the smallest club or you're a new club trying to start out. We're happy to, to speak to anyone and... We've spoken to clubs that have that just just started and and sort of COVID's you know put a halt to their plans and we've spoken to clubs that have been going for thirty years so it, it's uh, been a great great experience speaking to all these different clubs. So who's had the uh, who's had the most unique stories of the clubs that you've talked Ooh. to so far? Oof. Oh, that's a good question. There's been I some reckon... pretty. Bogota would be close, I reckon. Just being South America. Yeah, um, yeah Bogota think... was one that was... We sort of joked about finding a club in South America and thought, you know, there's not going to be any. And then to find out there was the Bogota Bulldogs was quite interesting in the way that he ended up... Uh, become, you know, to, to, to live in Bogota and just was over there for... over in Brazil for the World Cup and then sort of planted himself in Bogota and thought, oh, I miss playing Aussie rules, so I'll start up his own team. And um, So that was, yeah. But a lot of the places we speak to, it's, we're, we're just surprised that they've even heard of Aussie rules and, and the fact that they're playing is even more so he, he impressive. Was, was he an was he Aussie expat that was in Colombia? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. He, okay. He, he, tra- he travelled over watching the Socceroos in the, the World Cup. Okay. In, what was it? 2014? 2014, like mate. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, so but, he... But yeah, they've all got, like, sort of unique stories about how they start. And, yeah, like, we're finding majority of them are 
Um, clubs are started by Aussie going overseas, uh, loving where he's staying, but missing a bit of home. So either starts a footy club or goes finds a footy club to be a part of. Well, that makes sense because I think that you know everybody that I have have spoken to here in the U.S. and I've not talked to any other than the, the handful that I've talked to in Australia. I've not talked to any other other ones overseas. It seems as though that there is that that expat component to it that is kind of the is kind of the pearl inside the oyster that you know that that causes the whole thing to grow because it's not something that that you know the American players are going to necessarily come up with on their own. You know they're going to play. You know they're going to play yeah. soccer, or they're going to you know, you know play uh, frisbee golf or something like that to, you know, to stay active. And but it's usually an Australian that says, "Hey, we've got a pretty damn good game over here. You might want to try it out." Yeah, that sort of reminded me of uh, one of the the clubs we spoke to early was Houston Lone Stars and um, Beardy. Uh, he he's actually an American that started that club. He wasn't. Uh, you know, he moved around the world a bit as a as a youngin, and um, yeah, it was, it's quite interesting to see clubs that are actually started by nationals over there, and they've sort of fell in love with the game somehow. They've come across it on some sports highlights somewhere, and thought, oh, I want to play this game, but I don't know where and how. And and yeah, he was one of those guys that thought, oh, well, I'm going to look at starting a club and gets on Craigslist, and and luckily didn't get catfished. So. <laughs> but, but one of the things that we're actually finding quite strange is that a lot of the Australians that we're speaking to actually never played Aussie rules in Australia. They would, we just, you know, one of the questions we ask is how long have you been playing Aussie rules for? And a lot of the Australians that are overseas would say, oh, I actually only started playing once I got here. And wow. it's actually quite strange to say, yeah, it was, we were just like, that's a bit strange. But yeah, they didn't play footy at all. When they lived in Australia, they traveled the world and all of a sudden they're, you know, playing Aussie rules in Australia there for the first time. That, that's interesting. I, I I hadn't heard that yet, but I guess that makes sense. That uh, you know, yeah, you get a, a real mix. There's a lot of guys that from Queensland. I was like, just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, Queensland, rugby territory, predom- predominantly rugby territory, um, and they end up overseas and they might just happen to meet someone who's like, oh, I actually play Aussie rules, and they're like, oh, okay, well. They might come down, and they sort of then end up with this little home away from home, and that's it's that bit of connection back to Australia through playing Aussie rules. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, it's. Uh... And what one one thing we're learning as well, for example, across in America is as we've spoken about many times, and you'll be well aware, America doesn't exactly have a social sports thing. Like, there's not actual sporting clubs. You play your sort of your high school, college sport, and then you sort of go off. Right. And you don't right. make it to the pros. Where obviously in Australia, footy wise, it's a club you play social sports we're finding out a lot of um americans and whatnot actually get attracted to footy aussie rules because of that clubmanship and they actually make friends and i'm you know um on i think it was your episode with tara from denver she mentioned that how she just went down with her partner and all of a sudden she loved the club feel and loved being around these people the whole time so she stuck around and has now become a big part of their club yeah exactly she you know she's she's somebody i interact with quite a bit but yeah it's uh, as she said that it you know the game saved her life as she put it um but it's uh you're absolutely right about that that club mentality now there is you know they do have here in the states you know you'll see where um you know, a lot of people will play um softball which i don't know if you've, it's kind of like a it's a slower more relaxed version of baseball the ball is a yep. little bit larger you're playing with you know shorter distance between the bases you know, it's usually underhand pitching, that type of thing. But it's, it's you know, sometimes they call them beer, league, beer leagues where the guys will, you know, consume plenty of beer while they're playing. Um, so different type of club mentality there. But uh, that's kind of all we have here you know, other, that, other than that. Or maybe, you know, people might be in a golf league or a bowling league. But, you know, there generally isn't, you know, people don't generally have a, a soccer league or a you know, a football league here after they finished playing in, in high school that, you know, it's not, you know, there are some, you know, some ex- exceptions to that, but it's not something that's very common. Yeah. And yeah. We're, we're, we're learning that with clubs in America, not in America, around the world, though, is that they get attracted to the fact that they can have a beer with 15 blokes, men and women after training, after games, and they've got that ex- a community around them that they normally wouldn't get in other sports in America once you get out of that college and high school system. 
Okay. And it's so- also getting to play a, a, a physical sport like football um, where you get that competitiveness that you might have got when you're playing at a high school or college level of sport that, you you know, like you said, you could go play a beer league, softball, or you could go play, you know, golf or whatever, but to actually have that physical competitiveness that you get from an Aussie Rules game is something that, you know, you're not you're not really getting at, at an amateur level over in the States in any other, other sport. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's something that attracts many people. They're like, I get to go out there, run around, hit people, kick the footy, jump around and do all these things, and then... Afterwards, I get to drink beer and, and have fun. So it's. Um, and it's you're talking about drinking then. beer after. Uh, talking about drinking beer, mate. You've got to mention the fighting squirts. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's the team yes. from down in. Isn't that the group from Florida? Uh, yeah, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They, we are. They, they are. They love to have a drink. You, you, you almost say they're, they think that you, they almost think their team's a beer league team. <laughs> 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 they uh, enjoy yeah. beer down there, from what we've heard. To the point where, um, so I, I'm the one that will reach out to clubs and organise times and whatnot. I emailed uh, Fort Lauderdale. The message I got back was, sorry, mate, can't do that day. We have trained them. We get on the piss afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I messaged back. I'm like, that's the only excuse I would take from now on why teams can't do an interview with us. <laughs> that's a, Yeah, that's a, uh, see if you get that recorded and just say, here, this is the only excuse you're allowed <laughs> to use. So, if you need, yeah. So, you know, after talking to these other clubs, you know, it, whether it be in the U.S. or around the world, you know, ha, have these discussions allowed you to kind of look inward about the, the benefits of being able to play the game at home in Melbourne? And, it, you know, you found that you maybe have, you know, have you taken the game for granted now where you have a whole new appreciation for it since you oh, can't play? 100%. 100%. It's uh, something we speak about regularly is that how much, and, and it comes up in almost every interview we do, is these clubs that, you know, I have people that are traveling, you know, taking flights or buses and things to go just to play one game. And that might be, you know, the one game they're playing that that month or, you know, one of the three or four games they get to play that year. And the fact that we get to play an 18-game season um, and get to play week in, week out. And the furthest we travel is maybe 20, 25 minutes for a game. It's definitely something we take for granted and... and We've uh, found ourselves at times at training now when guys are bitching about not being able to have a beer after training because the the bars, you know, bar couldn't be open. We're like, mate, there's clubs that literally do not have a change room to ever change in when they play their games. They're they're playing in parks out in the middle of nowhere, and um, you know, there's there's clubs that have to walk along the ground and fill in potholes before they start their games and things like that. And we've got a, you know, we've got one of the best grounds in, in our local area with great change rooms and great facilities, and it's definitely something we uh, take for granted, that's for sure. Yeah, we definitely uh, let the boys know that as well. So with when we were allowed to get back to training before the season got officially cancelled, it was you can train, but you can't use rooms. And as Richard said, people complaining, so we turn around and pies and be like, mate, shut up. We've got you know, teams around the world that don't even have a change rooms at all. They're getting changed literally behind a tree in a park. And as Richard said, you know, they might play... Four games. Osaka Dingoes play four games in a season, but train all year round. And Rifties uh, had to edit my couple of rants out a few times from the podcast because at one point in time, a lot of leagues, people from different leagues, were saying we don't get more than a nine-game season post-COVID. There's no point in playing. And I'm sitting there cracking the shits, going, "You get nine games. That's you know more than half the clubs around the world get in a season. So just be thankful you get to play footy." You know, you don't, and so you don't need to travel halfway around the country to do it. Right. Yeah, it makes it makes complete sense. Yeah, that's uh, you know, if you're getting, you know, you definitely have to look at it as being the glass half full there. That if you get that opportunity to get out there and 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 do what you love, even if it's not for as long as you're hoping to, it's it's better than nothing. Exactly well, right. Like many for example with clubs living. So I'll, I'll say this rift and go ahead with the uh, clubs. You know, need to travel halfway around the country to play a game. Me and Rifty live in the same suburb, but we're about 10 minutes apart. There's one footy club a stone's throw from my house and a footy club a stone's throw from his house. Two completely different footy clubs in the same suburb. They're playing two completely different leagues. Between our house and our footy ground, I would go past about 10 to 15 football clubs. So we definitely took that for granted. 
early days going, knowing that there's footy overs everywhere, and we start talking to these clubs, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've got to travel. You know, for example, Denver need to travel a handful of hours even just to play one game of footy. So you take that for granted as well. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's it's and and the the one th- the one I think the one big difference in you know in Australia though is that you know that the population centers for the most part are somewhat concentrated. You know, you've got you know you've got the Melbourne proper and the you know the surrounding areas is where you know the the much of the population of Victoria happens to be. So you you know you're going to find a lot of clubs there. Yeah, you've got clubs that are out you know further you know into the uh, into the exurbs if you will that are you know not part of that. But you have an opportunity to you know to have as you mentioned a handful of clubs just in your neighborhood. You know, yeah, so- like there's there's football clubs everywhere and and <clears throat> football grounds everywhere. And one of the things that you know, a lot of the clubs or almost all the clubs in Europe they only get to play nine aside because they don't even have the space to have a full Aussie rules ground. So they're playing on, on soccer ovals or rugby pitches and things. Um, so there's, there's guys in Europe that have played footy for just as long as us, but they've never played a full 18 aside game. They've only ever played the nine aside game. Um, and that's, you know, we, we joked about, well, we didn't joke about, we spoke to our guys about, well, if we don't get any, actual official footy season you know we could look at maybe playing some nine aside games and guys are, are going why would i play that shit like that's nine aside that's boring and we're like admittedly though they were thinking a different game though yeah but we you know there's clubs that have only ever played nine aside footy and they still that's you know they make do that's that's all they can do so they're going to play nine aside football and and they're going to experience uh it to its fullest and they're Again, they're traveling halfway across their countries just to play a nine-a-side game where we spoke to our guys about playing nine-a-side. They weren't even willing to travel to our ground to play nine-a-side if that's all they were going to get to play. It's, you know, I, I, you know, we're at the point in time right here in the States where, you know, Major League Baseball is starting back up today. Uh, no no fans in the stands at all. The, 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 Tor- the team in Toronto, Canada, the Canadian government has said, "Sorry, you can't play at home this year." So, because they're not going to let any teams out of the U.S. come into Canada to play, so the, Toronto doesn't have a place to play this year. So they're figure, they're trying to figure out where we're going to play our games. Um, but you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the NFL. You know, but it's we're in a unique situation. And if you get a chance to uh, to get some games in, it like I said, it's it's better than nothing. You know, and it's uh, yeah, it's. You gotta adapt with everything. Like the AFL over here has, you know, sent all the clubs up to New South Wales and, right, and right. WA and Queensland just to, to make sure the season keeps going ahead. Yeah, and I um, I don't see that sort of thing thing happening and, and I mentioned this way back in like the second episode that I did. I I I, I thought that there's so much more of a a continuity and a closeness and now they can't be close to each other right now because of COVID, but I I've thought that the the players in the AFL seem to have much more of a close relationship with the fans than the NFL or the NBA, even major, you know, even major league baseball here. You know, I, I would, I would not hesitate to, to make that point again and again, because, you know, just looking at, you know, looking at the appreciation that the fans have or that the players have, you know, up in uh, Queensland now where they're getting a few thousand people in the stands and just you know the the show of respect and the waving to them that that sort of thing doesn't necessarily happen in the NFL. Well, I think that comes from the fact that um, sort of in AFL the clubs are effectively owned by the fans. Where in America, you know, they're true. obviously owned by the owners. So that's true. They've got you know, they're going to get paid no matter what. Where if clubs are struggling and the players don't show appreciation for their fans, their fans will stop turning up, which means the clubs are losing losing money through their stadium deals. So therefore. You know, they're not going to get paid as much money, so I think it's definitely a fact that you know where in in footy in Australia they understand players understand that the clubs effectively are owned by their fans. We're in America and around the world and soccer and whatnot, they're owned by billionaires. Right, right, absolutely. And also, um, you know, you grow up as a, a high school prospect and a and a you know. A college prospect that's that's used to playing in these big stadiums, um, and you know, 
it's a more professional sort of uh, game where our, our Aussie Rules players, they grow up playing football just like at Dog and myself in a local club that, um, you know, starts at grassroots. And then, you know, if they're good enough, they make a, a you know, a, a TAC Cup team or, a, a, you know, a, a Vic team, Vic Metro team or something like that. But they've, they've always played, you know, their junior footy and all their their under eighteen stuff before they make the AFL at a grassroots level. It's not it's not getting played in a stadium in front of thousands of fans and all that sort of stuff. So when they make it to the AFL, and they they are then playing in front of a hundred thousand fans, it's it's um, they do it with a lot more appreciation because it's not something they've done since they were sixteen years old. Right, right. So you know you. I, I one of the things that you know uh, at Doug you wrote down is that I, I said that you know that or that you said that that you needed to tell everybody about your uh, your grand final day question. Um, now is that something that uh, I'll just let go ahead and let you tell because I'm not even sure where this is going. All right. All right. So as I've mentioned on our podcast, I host grand final day at uh, my house every year. Have for the last four years since I moved in, and it's my Christmas day, and I go all out decorations to the point where my wife will understand that half of my week, my monthly pay will go towards grand final day for that, for that month. So don't ask me for any money. Um, so when we started this interviewing these international clubs, I wanted to know what they did for grand final day because you know, it's the best day of the year. You got to find out. And very, very quickly I was disen- uh, dis- disenchanted and quite upset how piss weak my grand final day looked. So I took it off the run sheet. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to find out anymore. <laughs> and then Rifty decided to me, absolutely dog me. And what did you do, Rifty? What did you do? Well, I was enjoying hearing about all these <laughs> grand final days everywhere. So I thought, why is it off the run sheet? So I'm just going to start asking it whenever I feel like it, whenever the opportunity arises. And I've learnt more about all the great grand final days around the world. And if you... If you're looking for a place around the world, just listen to all our episodes and you'll be able to find something that suits you, I'm sure. Yeah, but the thing is though, right, Craig, is that this guy, he added it earlier and earlier and earlier in the question. So normally it was about halfway through. Next thing you know, it's about the fifth question. And then <laughs> I, don't, I think it's actually, I think it was a the Irish University Club. Very first question, he asks it. He just goes, oh, I should have the bank grand final today. <laughs> And I um, wasn't too happy, so I, I walked off. <laughs> <laughs> so he got to finish the interview on his I own just, then. Oh, I, I come back after okay, a little while okay. because I couldn't couldn't do that to Connor and Carolyn. But yeah, I was I was not happy with him. That's for damn sure. <laughs> well, it turned out they didn't do a lot for the grand final day. It was one of the the, the time. I've listened to that yet. Days, so. But with <laughs> I, I have to, to clubs over. I have to be honest with you. As far as grand final day goes, for me. It basically is. Uh, can I stay awake? Because the game is usually, you know, since it's at that kind of twilight time, it's it's on at like two o'clock in the morning here. So that's that's a tough one for me to. That's a tough one for me to stay awake for. I I normally get through it, but uh, that next day is I'm not very productive. Yeah, and so that's the problem if they move it from a day grand final to a night grand final for me. Is I always struggle to stay awake for it as well due to the fact that by. 7 o'clock, I'm still going to be starting drinking beer at 10 a.m. So by 7, 7 p.m. comes around, I'm going to be absolutely rat shit. <laughs> well, that's... It's, y- it's the you, one day of the year you're allowed to start drinking early. And you, you've had a... Uh, you know, from what I've seen, you've had a bit of a, a seismic shift in your household in the last week and a half or so. So I think there's going to be a lot of things that change that you don't even realize are going to change yet. Okay? Yeah, yeah no, you are correct as... Still adjusting. Yes, that's. You know what what is yeah, No, I, I have a. Uh, yeah. I have a twenty three year old and a, uh, tw- almost twenty year old. So I, yeah, you know, I'm I'm through the you know the whole little kid thing, and now I keep looking at my, my my old my son is an officer in the navy, and I keep thinking to him, you know, I'd like to be a grandparent someday. So you know, if you'd like to, you know, <laughs> maybe do something about that, that'd be great. <laughs> So. Yeah, so as you friend, my wife gave birth uh, ten days ago. I think it was actually the day that you messaged me, uh, you emailed across about some questions. I was uh, sitting in the hospital while she was in labour, playing on my phone, and yeah, so yeah, my little daughter Oakland is eight, nine days old now. So yeah, I'm not quite uh, 
used to this life and understand all this stuff. Because at the moment, she is just a blob and just sort of sits there, cries when she's hungry, cries when she shut herself. And that's about it for the time being. <laughs> and you know what? You so you, once you, in a couple you, of years, it's going to be a couple of months will be different. Your world has changed forever, and you are not going to mind that in the least. You're going to be no, not. So, uh, so you know, uh, Prez, do you have do you have kids then as well? Yeah, well, uh, my oldest son just turned uh, sixteen yesterday. Okay, okay. So, um, and he's tall, and, he, so and he's yeah, taller than him. Yep, he's <laughs> definitely taller than me. Um, but I've got uh, a twelve-year-old, oh, eleven-year-old, and okay. a five-year-old. So, so I'm you can offer you can offer him a little bit of advice. Yeah, well, we've we've sort of sat here, you know, and he's planning things and saying things. And I'm like, mate, you're about to have a baby. Like, it's, it's things are going to change for you. And oh, like, oh, no, it should be right, should be right. I'm like, mate, you just don't know what you're in mate, for. Mate, what can I plan? I can't go anywhere. <laughs> well, this this is going <laughs> to end eventually. This is going to end eventually, maybe. Uh, <laughs> some someday we'll get back outside, and this oh, this is just. Looking at the list of things that I jotted down here, this this is not necessarily the greatest thing to get into next, but hey, it's on the list next. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it is you know being being a dad is is terrific, and you're you're going to enjoy the heck out of it. And I'm 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 thrilled for you, you know, with with uh, with regards to that. And you know, you're going to be, you know, it's going to be something you're going to it's going to be. Uh, so thrilled about and there are going to be inconveniences and such but you're not going to mind you won't mind no, a bit that's it. And yeah during, during this podcast it's helped help that dog with his is uh come to grips with having a daughter as well so um you know being a, a <laughs> you bloke that in your footy, he was he was uh you know hoping to have a son that could follow in his footsteps and when he found out he was having a daughter he sort of thought oh well i I'll push it towards soccer because at least she'll be able to travel the world and play soccer. And now after speaking to all these clubs all around the world and they've got great women's football programs um, that have been established for a while and others that are just starting up. And it's he's now come to the realisation, you know what, she can get to play footy all around the world. So stuff it. She's going to put on a, a, her footy boots and be kicking a footy around as soon as she can. And and she's not going to have a choice about it now. So there, she'll be there the you next, go. She'll be the next AFLW women's uh, Essendon full forward, I reckon. In well, she's already time. got a she's already got a Cobra jumper, her Essendon jumper. She's she's set. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the first half of my interview with Ricky Etridge and Ricky Logan, the vice president and the president of the Sandown Cobras football and netball clubs, and the host of the. CobraCast podcast as well. Be sure to tune in for the second half of the interview. There's a lot of fun aspects of that. There's some questions that each one of them sent to me to ask the other. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy those. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, one of my goals is uh, to let all of you know that uh, I started a mailing list. If you're interested in signing up for it, uh, it, it, we, there will be a link in the show notes if you want to sign up. There's a Google form where you can put your name on there, your email address, and I will send out episodes to you as soon as they get published before they go anywhere else, before I put them on Twitter or on Facebook or anything like that. I put them in the email to you. Um, this is also to hopefully let you know if I decide to do some live episodes in the future, which once I get a little bit more confidence in what I'm doing here, I will likely do that. Haven't done it yet, though, but uh, if you'd like to sign up, be great. You don't have to, but I'd love to have you sign up. I've got about 16 or 18 people signed up at this moment in time. And ladies and gents, don't forget that while you can find all the episodes for this podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite provider of podcasts as well. And now that you've given it a listen, I hope you'll consider giving me a review on Apple Podcast. Let's me know how I'm doing. I've had a few great ones. I appreciate your frankness and your honesty. If you want to leave me a uh, comment on the Podbean app, you can do that. You can also reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com or on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. Also, I'd like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple of his pieces of music. Mr. McDade's created some fantastic music, and I'm using the pieces Elevation and Backplate 
as my intro and my outro music. You can find his music at josephmcdade.com slash music. He's also on Spotify. Mr. McDade, thanks again for your hard work. Again, ladies and gents, I hope that you'll uh, go to the show notes, maybe look at that email form, look at the links to all of the things that we're talking about in this episode as well. I'll have the show notes for the entire interview, which ran for about an hour and 40 minutes, and I've edited a few things out of there. Uh, but I'll have the show notes for both episodes in both episodes. I won't put just the one there. Those of you that are listening in Victoria, I want you to know that I'm thinking about you. The COVID-19 virus, the COVID-19 virus has uh, had that spike recently. I'm sorry that you're having to deal with another lockdown. Let's get through this safely. I know not everybody's a big fan of the masks, but they might help. They might let you get back out there and do what you want to do with your lives. So everybody stay safe. Look out for one another. Take care of each other. Ladies and gents, I want to thank you because while we're fans of our teams, deep down we're fans of a game we all love, and that's the game of footy. And for those of you who are starting to watch the games here in the United States or in Canada, don't forget that Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for listening. I ask that you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 35 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. Thanks for listening, and again, I hope that you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Goodbye. <laughs>